let's break the fourth wall. Um, I'm gonna tell a, something, a story for the third time. I don't even know if who even cares anymore at this point, but uh, welcome on to the second and short podcast. This is the Cheap Seats. <laughs> We're back, soon to be Mosaic Media, rebranding. But a trade went down in one of our leagues. If you're listening to this, nothing but respect for you. You do a lot of good work. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you for, you know, putting your time into the league. Whenever I see somebody do a deal that I think is pretty bad and I think it ruins their team and they're not going to compete, I like to trade for their first round pick next year. That's what I like to do. I'm not trying to be insulting, but that's what I like to do. I'm not going to name names. They know who they are if they hear this. I'm not trying to call anybody out. Uh, now, moving forward, I am Tyler Lauder, your host, <laughs> Jason Teasley fantasy dynasty expert today's episode you see we got our draft stuff back here we're not going to give you grades on the draft we already talked about that we made jokes about that grades are fun you can evaluate players if you want let's talk about dynasty let's get back to this i am just finishing up my second rookie draft of the year already uh pretty exciting and it's nice to see because i do one pre-draft and i do and then the rest are all post-draft but it's nice to see where values change so i can kind of see how movement happens for guys based on talent landing spot so we did a community mock draft. We asked Twitter, we asked Facebook, we did some polls, put them up against each other. And these are the results. The first 12 picks are that of the community and our votes, which only weigh a little bit. Uh, and then the second round, we're gonna break down back and forth who we'd take in this super flex, which really super flex rookie drafts this year are like a one quarterback league drafts. That's what everybody's saying. That's yeah. turning out. So let's get it started. You are on the clock, 1.01. Who do the community select? Uh, me and the community select Bryce Hall, running back out of the New York Jets franchise. Uh, I think it's a good spot for him. I don't, um, you know, I think him and Carter's going to have a nice one-two punch. Mm -hmm. But I think this is a, a pretty much, it was pretty much unanimous in our community uh, poll that he's going to go 1-1 one, one overall. Yeah, and this was the way it was before the draft happened um, as well in, in rookie drafts before. And the reason why is because of talent. Um, let's evaluate the landing spot with the talent. He's a better pass catcher than fourth-round pick Michael Carter. He's better in pass pro. Uh, he's, he's a more efficient runner um, through the tackles and the outside. I just think he's, he's a more well-rounded running back. And I think like last year he would have been drafted around the same range if he was a rookie. And I think next year he'd have been drafted around the same range as well if he was a rookie coming out that year, even though next year's class is really good. And now with the number two pick, the community selects. Drake London, wide receiver at, out of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this could be 1-1. I mean, there, there is people that's talked about this being 1-1 simply because of the volume that he's going to inherit. Uh, with Ridley being now playing opposite um, Kyle Pitts. So I, I don't think it's a one-one personally, but there is people that want, you know, you have, like you said, people that want to be different and mm -hmm. that will take him one-one. But I think it's a, a solid uh, number two pick simply because of the volume. Mariota is not going to light up um, fantasy leagues or teams, no. but they're Maybe. going to be playing from behind a lot, which means a lot of garbage time points, which means a lot of volume and a lot of production availability. Yeah, and here's the thing. A lot of people see landing spot and Drake London jumps. Like, we we learn nothing from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I'm not saying, like, oh, well, Drake London was the first shooter taken. You should. 
Sammy Watkins was also once drafted ahead of Mike Evans. <laughs> like we have to remember these things and there's nothing wrong with Drake London, but I think of all the first round receivers, I think he has the biggest boom bust potential of all of oh, them. Oh yeah. Um, he has a slight injury history, which everybody kind of does these days. Uh, and he's also kind of one of those post-up guys. He's kind of got a slight frame for his size, uh, you know, because like he draws that Mike Evans comparison, except for he's not as strong. He doesn't weigh as much. He doesn't have that body control that Evans has. But they get in the red zone. We see that Kyle Pitts is not a, a touchdown scorer, um, at least in America. Uh, and, you know, London might be able to get some touchdowns this year, especially when they're playing from behind. And I think the biggest reason why London moves up, and it's, we all say like landing spot, it might be more so that the Falcons have like little competition for him to beat out. Like right now to be the number one wide receiver, he needs to beat out Auden Tate. And he should do that just on draft capital alone. The number three pick, the community went with, Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Tennessee Titans. Which, uh, with the shocking draft day trade, this opens up a lot of opportunity for him. Um, he draws the comparison to A.J. Brown, who the Tennessee Titans traded. Pretty funny. Uh, in, in order to draft, basically, AJ, in their opinion, A.J. Brown 2.0, mm -hmm. rather than put him opposite of them, which, like I said, it, it really didn't make sense to me but uh, there's a lot of other factors in aj brown wasn't happy in tennessee so you know you watch players be happy so bringing in aj brown 2.0 uh for tennessee i think is good i think he's got a lot of upside and he's a big bulky receiver 6'2 225 um he's got <laughs> decent speed on him uh, all the reports are that he plays faster than than he's clocked in at, you know, than he looks and his size. Um, he has really long arms, uh, which brings in a really good catch radius for him, which is pretty nice considering his quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. So that'll help out. They are on a run first team. So we are going to see uh, opposing defenses probably stacking the box more. We do see the Titans draw a lot more seven, eight man boxes uh, than most teams in the NFL. And so with that, he might see more single coverage as a rookie, which is pretty nice. Potentially, I don't know how he's going to heal. He should have Robert Woods across from him, which should be the main focus of most teams. And then outside of that, it's like Austin Hooper. So it's like he doesn't really have a lot of threats to take away targets from him. And he should see a lot of targets in year one, regardless if he produces, the targets will be there. Uh, now let's talk about 1.04. The community comes around. And I have seen this guy at talks for pick one, mainly because people love it, the situation. That's what it is. But let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be Walker out of Seattle. Uh, and just to throw this out there, it's what, what we're going to the The consensus between Burks and Walker was a 48 to 43% at pick three. Oh, there you go. Thank and, you. Then, and then Walker had competition at pick four and edged out uh, our, uh, our, our receiver with a 44 to 41% win at the pick four. I like Walker. Uh, he has immediate value because that running back committee in Seattle is in disarray. Chris Carson may never play football again with a neck injury. Yep. Uh, we, we seen uh, Penny come on late in the season. Uh, they only actually, signed him to a one-year deal. And, and like he played to the potential when he was, 
when he was a rookie that everybody expected him to come in and play at. Mm -hmm. Um, DJ Dallas is there. Doesn't make a lot of noise. So he has a wide open opportunity to become the, the man in Seattle, the bell cow there. So I like this pick. I, I'm, I go back and forth with him at, for the three to five range, just depending on who's ahead of me. Yeah. So if you can get him at four, I think it's a win. I, I think so as well. And I, I could easily see something like that happening. Um, a big thing that we have to remember is a lot of people like will look at situations like let's, let's look at a couple of things like a yes, he has Chris Carson in front of him. He has Rashad Penny in front of him, but we have to remember Penny got signed to a one-year deal. Uh, Chris Carson missed 13 games last year. He just is too injury prone. And I think that's a ship that's going to sail. I think they're going to transition Walker in slowly. Something we do need to pay attention to is the Seattle Seahawks focused on the offensive line. Uh, they went out and they got Charles Cross at nine. They went out and got Abraham Lucas, the other tackle. Um, they Gabe Jackson's still there from, uh, they came over from the Raiders a couple uh, offseasons ago. And they've started to slowly tailor this offensive line a little bit better. And Drew Locke is their quarterback. So do we trust Drew Locke? I think that what's going to happen here, Seattle didn't make a move for a quarterback. They did not go out and trade for Baker Mayfield, Sands, uh, you know, uh, recording this. and. A big thing we need to know about this is that that gives Kenneth Walker more opportunity going forward because the two running backs could be gone next year. Probably should. We'll see. Drew Locke will probably be gone next year, so Seattle will probably have a rookie quarterback, and now they're going to keep running the ball because of rookie quarterbacks. So in the first three years of Walker's career, he could have tremendous value. And I think he's a guy that you want to snag here at four if he's available instead of the receivers because his value is going to grow from this offseason to next, that you could probably snag 223 first next year and build even more with that even better running back class. Um, I, I just see it happening. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to move. And this is the type of guy that you could probably, in a year, you could probably trade for like a top 14 to 16 quarterback in Superflex Leagues. With the number 1.05, the community mock draft, wide receiver Garrett Wilson, New York Jets, he was drafted in the first round, pick 10. Let's talk about him. Yeah, the community was pretty much a large consensus on this pick, uh, yes. 74, 74%. I, I think this is a great pick. He doesn't have a lot of competition. He's going to be able to grow with Wilson, so the Wilson-Wilson connection is going to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, they have got they signed two solid tight ends that's going to be able to help with the underneath route. He's going to be able to stretch the field. So I really like this pick, and especially getting him at five. And we'll get to him. But Garrett Wilson comes with um, one of the safest wide receiver prospects in the first round that was drafted. I think that he's got really good size, um, six foot, 183. He's a, a really good guy that's going to be able to fit into playing multiple roles. I think he can play outside. He can play inside really well. I think he's going to be a go-to target hog on this team. And he does have some competition right away because there is – Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Burroughs. Um, those three were just signed last year, re-signed this year, drafted last year. They went out and signed Tyler Conklin. They signed um, uh, Uzma from Cincinnati. Uh, they just drafted Brees Hall. So year one might be meh. That's okay. People are going to predict these to be rookie of the year. I don't think it's going to happen because there's going to be so many 
like all these other guys that are drafted around him are going to see so many more targets and so much more usage. But I think he's going to be very efficient with the target share that he gets. And I don't see him making a lot of drops. Um, he has great body control, great hand-eye coordination. He's uh, a slick like route runner. Like he's not like the best route runner, but he's just very efficient with how he cuts and breaks. And I think that he's just a well-rounded receiver. And when I look at him, they compare him to Robert Woods. I still don't see that comparison. I think he's going to be a slightly better receiver. Uh, and everybody really just wants this Wilson to Wilson connection to happen. But what I think is going to happen is with so many decent options that can move around and play different places, he's going to draw a lot of single coverage and that's going to be the benefit. And I think in year two, this is like, this is a guy that we're going to see drafted early and I'm talking long on him. We're going to see drafted early this year. And then next year, I was going to be like, man, why didn't we take blah, blah, blah ahead of him? Because he had a better year. But then in year two to three, I think he's going to explode. Uh, yeah. So if, if you're patient with him, you're going to benefit from this. And you're going to this. He has the best chance because he's safe to be a top 12 receiver in Dynasty. With the 1.06, the community mock draft, wide receiver Jameson Williams, Detroit Lions, they traded up from 32 to 12 to take him. And in my opinion, before you jump in, this is the best receiver in the draft class. However, he tore his ACL. Yeah, and uh, with 47%, the community agreed that this should be the pick. Uh, I think he has the, the highest upside, strictly because he's going into an offense that is very young. Yep. That is very, very um, adamant to play from behind. Mm -hmm. And he's got the talent. The injury is what scared a lot of teams uh, in his scouting report coming back from ACL. You know, it's not like it was 10 years ago where, you know, that was pretty much a um, you're done, your career's done. You know, medical uh, sports injuries have came a long way so i think this is this is actually my dark horse rookie of the year uh simply because he has so much talent around him he's going to benefit and golf is not a bad quarterback uh, a lot of people give him hell but he is a solid quarterback and giving him a yet another weapon is going to turn us around no and i i i agree and here's the thing with look at this team is going to build with uh, they have a decent offensive line. They're getting some good uh, defensive players that I thought I thought they drafted really well. Um, and they have uh, TJ Hawkinson, DJ Chark, Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. It's a pretty nice little group there that he gets to come in. And what's nice about this is that if you are, this is what I'm talking about. Let's say that you have decent running backs and you have the 1-1. This is the perfect place to fall to because two things happen by you falling down and taking Jameson Williams. A, you gain bundle of picks. Moving from 1-1 to 1-6 should net you a first-round pick next year, in my opinion. So you gain an extra first next year. You get Jameson Williams. You're not going to get production from your first-round rookie this year because he's probably going to redshirt or at least start on the pup. And so you're going to miss six games probably. And then you're probably going to end up with the 1-1 next year plus that first you got from the middle of the tier team. And you're going to have, I just think it's a benefit for teams. Here's what I'm saying. A lot of the community is worried about the ACL, but the Detroit Lions traded up to get him at number 12. So they're not even worried about it. With the 1.07, we finally 
introduce ourselves, and it feels like a super flex quarterback, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh Steelers. They drafted him. They were patient. They got him at pick number 20 in the first round. This team got Mitch Trubisky, but then they'd used the first round draft capital on Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and like you said, this is the first time this feels like a super flex. Yeah. Uh, the, community, the community was split here. Uh, only choosing Pickett with 42% versus 38% of the next player. Um, so it's really weird because, you know, you, you figure in a super flex dynasty, you're going to see, you know, a quarterback run away with the votes here. We did not. That, that worries me. Uh, I think he got in an ideal landing spot uh, for Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a young team. I, I don't, I'm not a Steelers fan, but ideally it's, he, he fits that, that scheme really good for him to excel. So I like this pick, but I, I could slide him down two picks and still be okay. So here's the thing that we have to realize that the Pittsburgh Steelers are um, a tremendously loyal franchise. Uh, Big Ben dealt with controversy and they stuck with him. Big Ben's play declined. They stuck with him. Big Ben was constantly getting injured. They stuck with him. They're very loyal. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett here. What does Kenny Pickett have that other rookie quarterbacks don't have? A stable franchise um, to pair with his good size, to pair with good options at receiver and tight end, um, a nice running back to rely on, an okay offensive line that seems like they're always going to keep trying to get better at. And I think those things make Kenny Pickett actually pretty attractive here at 1.7. And ready to go. So with the 1.08, wide receiver Chris Alave, New Orleans Saints moved up to get him. And pick 11, they moved with uh, the commanders. They moved up and got their guy. We thought he was going to go to this team already at 16 or 19. We had him going there. And Saints go up and get him, and now he sits behind Michael Thomas. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, and not necessarily behind Michael Thomas. He's going to be playing opposite which gives you a huge option uh, with two solid receivers. And he lets him sit under the Michael Thomas learning tree of NFL receivers. Yeah. Uh, that's not bad. Now, off the field issues aside, Michael Thomas on the field is a tremendous talent. Mm -hmm. um, and when he's happy, he could teach. He's going to nurture this kid, bring him along. And I think this is a perfect landing spot, especially when New Orleans gets a quarterback that they can settle in on and they can have some longevity without the rotation constantly, I think this is going to be a huge upside. I mean, Jameis Winston had success with the Buccaneers. Um, I mean, this is dynasty. So we're not talking about like really NFL, how much we need them to fit, just how we think they're going to perform. And I mean, Godwin and Evans looked good with Winston. And we've seen him treat other players and be able to uh, facilitate and feed multiple options. Now, Olave comes into an offense where he is automatically slotted in as the third in target share. So for me, I, I, I'm not gonna, I, in one of my drafts, he was the third player taken overall. Um, and I wasn't okay with that. I didn't agree with it. Uh, it's a two copy league. So he was kind of drafted. I think it was like, he was like number three and then like number like six, but collectively he was the third player taken. For me, I like guys that are going to be like number one, number two in target shares. He's going to be behind Michael Thomas. He's going to be behind Kamara. But let's assume Thomas is on his way out. We don't know Kamara's situation. The Saints quarterback situation could stay the same or change. 
But what we do know is the Saints have been trying to pair, and it's not that he's like, this is his only role, but they've been trying to pair a receiver that's got really good speed and can track the ball downfield to play opposite of Michael Thomas. Because Michael Thomas is that intermediate. He's that, what, what do we say? He runs a quick slant like 25 times a yeah. game. And Kamara's like a dump off, playing to open space type of guy. So if they can get somebody 20 yards down the field that consistently can track the ball, can beat one-on-one matchups, Alave comes in and fits that pretty well. And I think he's a pretty safe player to have on your team, but he's one of those guys that I think he might be cheaper to buy in year two than to draft right here. Um, but I don't hate the pick because I think he's better than all the receivers after him. With the 1.09, things start to get murky. This next set of four or five picks, rotate them however you want, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I sure. Yeah. Anybody, anybody from 1-9 to 2-2, mix it up. We have wide receiver Sky Moore, one of the Kansas City Chiefs, drafting the second round, pick 22 in that round. Um, everybody was saying, whoever the Chiefs draft a receiver is going to move up. Now, Sky Moore, I'm surprised he didn't get drafted earlier because I've heard of him getting drafted at like 1-6, 1-7 in Superflex Leagues. Um, he probably was a 111, 112 guy pre-draft, about that range, maybe 2-1, and he moves up a little bit. Let's talk about him going to the Chiefs and now pairing with Juju and McCall Hardman and MVS. Yeah, and I mean, he's not, he, yeah, he's not going to be the, the number one receiver, mm-hmm. but he fits a position that when they lost Hill, that has an immediate opening, uh, and, I, and they're hoping Scott Moore could come in and feel that. Um, it's big shoes to feel, but, you know, spread across the rest of the receivers, I think it's possible. What we have to know is that, yes, McCall Hardman's already there. McCall Hardman fits that profile of speedy receiver down the field. Um, they've tried it, but then again, he was the third option, so maybe he can take Hill's role. Then they bring in MVS, who compares in speed to Hill. And now they draft Sky Moore. Here's the thing of all those guys. Skymore's potential is better. Uh, Skymore, I think, is he's got a really nice, like, solid floor. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I never, I've heard a lot of people, and we're going to talk about him a little bit longer um, than most of these other guys. But I've seen so many people on Twitter, which is just troll land, anyways. Um, and I've seen people on Facebook, and they're just like, oh, why does everybody love Skymore now? Like, we're all acting like we didn't like Skymore before coming into this draft. Like, he was, like, in the tier three of receivers for everybody pre-draft. Yeah. And, and of all these receivers, outside of, like, sleepers that you like, I'm talking, looking at you, Shakir, he went to the best quarterback situation of anybody, in my opinion. That includes Watson to Green Bay. He gets Patrick Mahomes. That's a benefit. And if we say it's not, and I understand, we'll Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, but... That's a running back on a pass first, second, third, fourth team. <laughs> now we're getting a receiver on a pass first, second, third, fourth team. That's the benefit. That's the difference. And he has to beat out two guys that A, couldn't take the job um, when they had it, and B, are going to a new team because they couldn't cut it where they were to take the job when they had an opportunity. With the 1.10 community mock draft, wide receiver Christian Watson, Green Bay Packers, they traded up with Minnesota. Um, we didn't talk about this with uh, Williams, but the Minnesota Vikings are not good at covering receivers. That's a joke everywhere. And then they gave both their division rivals two good receivers. I'm surprised they didn't trade up with 
um, the Bears later on to help them get a receiver. You know, just trying to help out everybody. Shows what they think of the Bears. But Christian Watson, uh, second round, second pick, joins Aaron Rodgers, and he gets his wish. He gets a receiver. And we were right. We knew Watson was going to Green Bay. We were just early. He's going to be successful, but I don't think he's ever going to be an elite receiver. I think he's going to be a middle-of-the-pack receiver. There's no real other pass catcher in Green Bay, so he's going to get the volume that's left by Adams, but I, I see a struggle here. So what we have to know is that it's it, well, Robert Tanyan's still there. Aaron Jones catches the ball pretty well. Um, Sammy Watkins is competition. Alan Lazard is still there. Um, but I just see, I, for me, I, he has, he's, he's a great opportunity. But he needs to develop. Like if you flipped him and sky more, I would have been happier with this because oh, yeah. I think, cause I think Christian Watson could, I'm saying in the, in the NFL, Christian Watson could develop with Mahomes for a couple of years, but Aaron Rodgers at any moment can just pack up and leave. Money is not an issue for him. He makes tons of money with State Farm commercials. Jeopardy will pay him out the ass to be their host forever. He'll make money wherever he goes. He doesn't care. Christian Watson, Green Bay Packers, should see 80 targets this year. And I would be happy with that. With the 1.1111. Let's talk about running back. James Cook uh, goes to the Buffalo Bills, second round, pick 31. We thought they were going to take a running back. Talks to them trading for Christian McCaffrey. Maybe they'd get Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. They get James Cook, who was pre-draft, like RB like six or like five or seven. He was in there. And now, everywhere I'm looking, he is the consensus RB3 coming out in the drafts. And he has very little competition. Uh, Singletary and Moss are ahead of him. Neither one of them has burst onto the scene and been like explosive so he comes mm. into a a backfield that has the opportunities and an offense that is explosive so i think he jumped up like you said three spots in the running back tier and i think this is a really good fit you don't need to get results from him in year one final pick in the community mock draft first round before we jump in and take over and mock ourselves the 1.12 just done this morning wide receiver george pickens Pittsburgh Steelers, second round, pick 20. Being able to grow with a quarterback, fantastic. I love it. Um, I like when teams do this and they pair guys up like this. And what's nice about it is he comes to a place that historically Pittsburgh hits on their second to third round picks. We see these guys have good seasons and outside of slight people like bumps, they end up doing pretty well. What is he, he's got to compete with Deontay Johnson. He's got to compete with uh, Chase Claypool. And then obviously we have Freyermuth and um, uh, Harris there. And they did also draft Calvin Austin the third. But I see a road to being a wide receiver two and wide receiver one for him that I don't see for a lot of other receivers that went in the second round um, necessarily. Like obviously like, like Sky Moore is always going to be behind Kels. That's what's going to happen. And even Kelsey's like, they have Juju, who I think is better. Yeah. Um, and they're going to keep trying to go. And um, Christian Watson, same thing. I don't think he has the tools to be like the number one receiver on a team. He might be a only good receiver, but uh, that's what I look at. And I think George Pickens has that ability that he can, if he can remain healthy. Um, I really like it. And I just think Pittsburgh Steelers, second round receiver, 
it's a plus. And that concludes our first round of the community mock draft. So thank you to everybody that voted for us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, speed round, even shorter. Let's go ahead and talk about 12 more players. You and I went back and forth right after this. We mocked the next 12 picks. Let's go ahead and knock them out. At pick 2.01, first round draft capital, wide receiver Jahan Dodson for the Washington Commanders. He got picked at, you know, top 16. Why is he falling? And he's falling in this range of all drafts and all rookie drafts, all ADPs right now. Let's talk about Dodson of the Commanders. Uh, the reason why I think he's falling is he's with the Commanders. Um, Jahan Dodson has Curtis Samuel ahead of him. Let's talk about him first. He has two more years on his contract. That's it. So going into year three, he's out. Dodson takes over for him. Also, Terry McLaurin's rookie deal is up after this year. He wants a big contract. If the commanders don't want to pay him big, he's out and Dodson moves up again. So I don't see where this like room is bad. Um, I don't think him paired up with uh, Carson Wentz is bad. Um, I, I see... I, I don't even, I don't, I think it's a great landing spot. I think he fits in as like a slot receiver right away. And I think Logan Thomas always injured. Uh, Antonio Gibson doesn't get the, the pass, uh, the pass play that we thought he would, the targets that we think he should. I think you're going to get a guy at 2.01 here. That is a steal. And that could be easily drafted as high as one nine. In my opinion, uh, he has great draft capital. He was a fantastic player in college. And I, I think that we're really just like undermining with the 2.02 running back, Damian Pierce, drafted by the Houston Texans. Uh, we see this is a fourth round, uh, second pick in the fourth round at 107. He comes from Florida, uh, 5'10, 218. Uh, he's in, you know, he's got a decent competition, but let's talk about him. I, I think this is a sneaky pick, um, value wise, because He's got nice, compact running um, stature. He's got nice, shifty footwork. But people like to think, well, it's Houston. He's not going to succeed. Um, he doesn't really have that much competition in front of him, which is, you know, the opportunities there. You have a quarterback that, you know, does Houston really believe in and Mills. So there's more opportunity. I, I don't I don't hate this pick. I think that it's a solid pick that can benefit in year two, but not year one. So I think this is a project pick, and I really and I don't hate it, but it, you have to realize that this is going to be a project pick. But I think guys that are good at pass catching, guys that can run you know straight downhill on you and guys that pass block really well, they stay on teams longer. They get on the field faster, and he's not worn down, so he's got a long career ahead of him. Pick 2.03, running back Rashad White, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, third round, pick 27. He sits behind Leonard Fournette and, you know, Vaughn, and let's just talk about him. Go ahead. Why'd you take yeah, him? I, I think because he's got the easiest um, road to be a uh, starter than anybody. Fournette is is a pretty much a power back. Uh, this this backfield with him going in, and I don't think that there's no issue with mm -hmm. with Rojo being gone. Him taking over the running back too. 
but I compare this to the old Giants, Thunder and Lightning of uh, Bradshaw and Jacobs, okay. where Fournette's going to be your power back, and White's going to come in and be the elusive back. He's going to you're going to see a lot of second half rushes from him after Fournette wears defenses down in the first half. I think this is a great pick with a great situation. He's going to learn. You have Tom Brady as your quarterback. Yes. Tom Brady will develop a running back. We've seen it in in New England. Look at all the success running backs had there. There was like a mm-hmm. hundred in the backfield, and they all had some success to the point where you never knew who to start fantasy wise. And I do think he's going to be playing on a good team that could be winning a lot of games that has an older ish running back ahead of him. Um, that's in his late twenties. That does see injuries, and he could see field time. Out of the next group of guys, absolutely. Now the 2.04, let's get back to Superflex. Quarterback Malik Willis, Tennessee Titans, third round, um, pick 22. This could have been uh, another running quarterback here, but I think Malik Willis is two to three bad games from Tannehill away from being a starter. Uh, a lot of people don't think so. They think Tannehill's locked in, but I could see the Titans not playing so well at the beginning of the year and just wanting to move on. Plus, he has a pretty good running back, and he has a nice first-round receiver to pair with as well. Yeah, and we talked about that receiver quarterback growth. I think this is an mm-hmm. ideal spot, so I, I like this pick. Yeah, and Malik Willis brings a, a deep arm with him uh, to be able to hit somebody down the field like Burks, um, to be able to move out of the pocket when it breaks down and extend the play. And I think that um, I just think that we're not thinking that he has a legit chance because of third round pick, but third round quarterbacks have a decent chance of succeeding in the NFL. It just depends on situation. But after 2023, that drops to 9 million um, with some voidable restructuring cap hits and everything. I think potentially he could see starting a lot sooner. Titans could move on, save some money, move somewhere else. 2.05, David Bell. Wide receiver, drafted to the Cleveland Browns, 335, um, comes into fit and take Landry's spot. Yeah, I think this is this is opportunity um, that can go in. There's going to be some targets to go around. I mm-hmm. think uh, Cleveland's wide receiver room is going to be looking for identity, and I think this is opportunity for him. Yeah, and he really has to compete with um, Donovan Peoples-Jones for the number two spot, but after that, it's like Anthony Schwartz for the number three. Uh, Jakeem Grant, who they brought in, but that's more of like a returner guy. I think he has a nice opportunity to um, fit into that number three receiver. Uh, I've not been a big David Bell fan. We talked about this um, in our mock draft. I'm, I don't hate him. I just don't love him. Um, I'm okay in the second round taking a throw on a guy like this. He has potential. Connection with Watson. He doesn't have to be a number one right away. I like things like that. Pick 2.06, Isaiah Spiller to the San Diego Chargers. I was debating, or sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Wow, I haven't done that in a long time. I've been going back and forth about this, about how we feel about Spiller. Pre-draft, he was a number three running back, um, pre-combine. Then combine hit, and people are like, maybe he's the number three to number five. And then he gets drafted as like the seventh running back taken total. Uh, He falls to the fourth round, pick 18, the Chargers take him. And we have a familiar spot because the Chargers seem to take third to fifth round, you know, running backs a lot. Yeah, um, I don't like the landing spot, but Eckler does tend to have a lot of nagging injuries 
through the season. All on his so, right leg. His right leg is, I think it's his right leg, is just beat up constantly. And I think this gives the ample opportunity to be a running back to come in with a similar, uh, I guess, style mm-hmm. that Eckler has to, to help Eckler have some more longevity and cut down on those in-season injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what the Chargers need is a running back that can give Eckler a break without relying on him so much. And I think Spiller fits that void. I think he does. And we have to remember that um, uh, they didn't re-sign Jackson, so they didn't bring him back, which, I mean, that means something. We have to think I mean, that does mean something. So really, he's got to compete with Larry Roundtree, Josh Kelly. Um, yeah, that's pretty. that's about it. And then Eckler's, Eckler's right there. So, I mean, there's going to be touches available for him. He's not the fastest guy. But on top of that, he's also only 20 years old. So he's very young. He'll be 25 or 21, I think. Um, it's like mid-August is when he turns 21. So a nice young receiver. Eckler's got two years on his deal. This is a nice little transition area. And I think that a guy that was looked at as maybe getting drafted as high as like 1-6, in rookie drafts falls to the middle of a second. It's an easy dart throw for me to take and sit and hope his value grows. I picked 2.07. You went wide receiver, Alec Pierce, for the Colts. It kind of moves into that number two to three slot for them right away. Initially, with them not making a big move, uh, we know they want another receiver. But yeah, second round, 21st pick. I think this is the drafting replacement Mm -hmm. um, thing for TY. And I think they pretty much got TY 2.0 uh, with the stature, the the body control, the playmaking ability. I think, and we talked about this with Michael Thomas, having a rookie come in and learning under a more experienced veteran is key to get athletes into the game, you know, to go over playbooks, mm-hmm. to have in the film room, to help you read your defenses, to help you, you know, get your body control right. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for TY to finally not carry so much of the weight of the, the Colts um, on his shoulders. When he's a free agent, and he and they, can, they haven't brought him back yet. I, I, we assume they will. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he slides in there and it's going to be a, a good position for him to excel. And getting him in the mid-second is, is ideal. At pick 2.08, I took running back Zamir White uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he went in the fourth round as well. He went one pick before Isaiah Spiller. This is a day after, I think it's a day or two after the Raiders decided to decline the fifth-year option of Josh Jacobs. Kenyon Drake didn't do a lot of stuff last year at all, you know, being the number two guy there. I don't think this means they're moving on from Jacobs. A lot of people do. That's exactly people read into it. Um, But what I think it is, is that they just don't want to spend that much on a running back and they'd rather resign him to a deal. That's all I think. Like they're okay if he goes, but they want to find a cheaper deal. So Zamir White is a very popular running back in the dice community. A lot of people think, you know, played out of Georgia. um, He, got the split carries. He didn't have to be the number one guy um, all the time. And I think he's got a lot of health and longevity ahead of him, which is nice with a lot, a lot of touches. Kind of, we talk about Pierce and he comes to a team that I think is willing to move it, move the ball a lot. 
uh, besides just throwing, like they're, they're able to do so many different things. They're not a set in stone type of team. Um, he's, he's a pretty decent catcher, um, pretty good after the catch as well. 2.09, you went quarterback, Matt Corral, Carolina Panthers, third round. They traded up for him, 30th pick in the third round. Let's talk about him. I think this is a ideal situation. I mean, he went to your favorite team mm-hmm. with the Panthers. Um, Sam Darnold is there, uh, but I think Carolina likes to have the, the next player to fill that role. Um, they haven't hit on a quarterback <laughs> since Cam. Um, so I think that this was a front office decision. I don't think that they're going to be bad enough to be in the top half of the draft to get a quarterback next year. So I, I think agree. that's why they were, they rolled with this this year. Uh, he was talked as being one of the top quarterbacks coming out this year. Mm-hmm. And then he started sliding for unknown reasons. Nobody knew why. So I think Carolina got a steal, got this quarterback, got a quarterback in the future. I really like this pick and a super flex. I think this is going to be very, very beneficial. Let's keep it going. 2.10. Quarterback Desmond Ritter, Atlanta Falcons, uh, 10th pick in the third round. Uh, our third quarterback in this second round here, and this is where you're going to get your quarterbacks for some depth in your super flex leagues. He gets to sit behind Mariota. Um, it's a short leash. The Falcons don't want to win, I don't think, but they have a lot of needs all over this team. I think they're going to be in a really good position next year in the draft where people are going to want them to take a quarterback, and they're going to be able to maneuver down and get a stud defensive player probably a pass rusher, um, which they desperately need. And they can roll with Ritter for another year. Um, He's not safe. He's not locked in, but he's a good runner. He's got a a pretty good arm. He's a a safe quarterback. He does have some accuracy issues, but I'm not too worried about it. He's got some big targets in Drake London and Kyle Pitts that I think will benefit from that, from having decent catch radius as well. Um, And another thing that we don't talk about, and this is so weird because if you want to back up your, your point when you're talking about a quarterback, you bring up how good of a winner they are. But if you don't like a quarterback, you say wins aren't quarterback stat. But if you remove that quarterback, teams win less. So it's like, it's a weird thing, but he's a winner. He lost like six games as a starter for Cincinnati. He made Cincinnati a legit team. He made them, they got to the college football playoff because of Ritter. We have to, everybody else, yes, they were fantastic. Lots of good players. But without him at quarterback, this team does not do as well. Uh, and they don't make it to the top four, uh, and they don't make it into the top 10 back-to-back years. He's made Cincinnati a real program, and I think because of him and his play, um, I think he's elevated that program, and he has a chance to do it here with Atlanta. 2.11, wide receiver, Wandale Robinson. Uh, Giants drafted at the 11th pick in the second round. You went homer here, but he's got a good opportunity. Yeah, because the Giants are still looking for that wide receiver one. I think this is a good opportunity and he's got big body um, receiver ability with big playability. So I think he gets into an ideal situation where he doesn't have to be relied on as the man in that receiving room, but he has room to grow. Uh, they declined Daniel Jones next year. So you're going to possibly get a quarterback that you can grow with. Hey, I'm going to let you have a quick chance to redo that. Because you said he has a big body. He's the smallest receiver in this draft. He's oh, no. one seventy. He's a big bodied receiver. Like he he po- he gets separation. Okay. Okay. 
All right, that's fair. Okay, all right. I thought you were saying like he's just like he's a large individual. No, he's a big bodied receiver because he he is very physical. Fair enough. Okay, I like it. He plays physical. All right, I was just checking because I was like, you know, he's a small man. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Now let's talk about the last pick in this round. Go lots of different places. You want to get the tight end, first tight end, whichever one you like. Top three, I like them all. You want to get an? Uh, I wouldn't go another quarterback here. There's a running back you like, receiver, whatever. There's a lot of guys you can go here, and I don't think it. I think they all rotate. I went Jalen Tolbert, Dallas Cowboys, third round pick, uh, pick twenty four in this uh, draft. Uh, this round, here's what we have to know: is that uh, what we have? Um, Michael Gallup injured. We don't know when he's going to return. He's gone. Amari Cooper's gone. Those are targets that are opened up. I don't see CD Lamb being that number one that we thought he was going to be and just dominate and step up. I think he's a really good receiver. Um, they also lost Cedric Wilson. These are all things we have to factor in. So Cedric Wilson, 61 abandoned targets. Um, Amari Cooper, 104 abandoned targets. James, James Washington is not going to take all those. Jalen Torbert's going to get every opportunity to be the number three receiver here, just as James Washington will. I think this gives them some flexibility uh, to run four wide. Uh, they're going to run a lot of three wide consistently, but they're going to be able to use four receivers in rotation a lot. And with that, we are done here. 24 picks. First super flex rookie mock draft. We'll do another mock draft here in a couple of weeks. Who knows? We'll talk about it. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us. Subscribe down below on, if you're watching on YouTube. Like this video. Uh, give us like your rankings. Give us some picks you like that you are draft. Like you can't stop drafting this guy at X pick. Uh, and tell us who you would switch out in our second round that we made a pick up. Follow us on all social medias. We're part of the W2M network. We're going to have another network partnership coming up soon. We're talking about and working on this transition thing to Mosaic Media. Spoiler alert again. And check out Jason when he starts reviewing some more movies over on the W2M network. That's all we got, though. We got to get out. You guys have a good day. <laughs>